Podcast time. Let the topic shine. Podcast time. Welcome back to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Need More Info, a podcast around the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows for the festive season. Hello, everybody. Happy holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas time. You know, all those religious uh, holidays out there. Or if you just, you know, wanted to get drunk over Christmas or wherever you're celebrating and come and join us to listen to the podcast as we go through the lovely topics we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. I am Nate and it's so gl- I'm so glad to be back today. Yeah, it's um, it's tis the festive season, people, and it is going to be absolutely lovely out there today, to be honest. It's going to be absolutely lovely. But bringing that jingle jingle cheer, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts today, Chaz and Fergus. How are you guys doing? I'm good, man. Uh, that was a lovely intro, I must say. Very, uh, very festive. Uh, yeah, been good. Um, surprisingly, a lot of games have come out recently that I'm actually interested in. So I've been playing um, Darktide, uh, the Warhammer 40k uh, game. So that's been good. And Dwarf Fortress actually finally released on Steam. So I need to check that out at some point and figure out if I can actually play it now that it has an interface about this dwarf fortress i saw the review go out today so i'm because i've i am um, saw another game called uh dwarf i i you know it's sort of like a uh top-down dwarven like mining like tower defense game and i thought is this the, they changed the name but it's probably different it's a completely different game no doubt but i definitely saw that and um yeah what was the other game you mentioned again because i walked tied yes yeah, 40k game yeah yeah, so I've got a lot of people wanting me to play at the moment. And the fact it's on Game Pass is just even sweeter. So, like, I'm loving that fact. Yeah, I bought it for, like, 35 quid. Uh, and then the day after they announced it for Game Pass, I was like, come on, really? But it's good. It's a good game. I'm, I'm fine that I spent the money on it. I'm having fun. I mean, giving your, giving your money to the Imperium, as it were, so, you know, that's the, that's the best way to be, isn't it? But no, uh, yeah, no, that's great, man. You know, uh, Fergus, how about yourself, man? been a couple of days since our last episode but um that is true I, to be <laughs> I, I played a bit more chaos head noah uh the visual novel from the steinscape people and it is getting seriously weird you do love your visual novels don't you my man yeah i am considering making one in my spare time in the not too distant future um but they keep blindsiding me with mechanics and story things so i think i kind of need to do a bit more research <laughs> The mechanics, the mechanics indeed. No, uh, but yeah, no, obviously, um, you know, myself and Fergus, we recently did the Wednesday review and quite a high scoring episode, actually. We gave it an 8.5 out of 10. It was a 8 and a 9 for myself and Fergus. So it was really good. And hopefully people are enjoying it out there. It's a brilliant show. And I'm surprised it hasn't been announced for a season two yet. That's really shocking to me, to be honest. Mm. Like it's been I... out for a few weeks now. Yeah, I think they might wait for a, Halloween reveal. I don't know if they're going to want to rush it. Halloween reveal. That's next year. Like, surely they usually announce it a few weeks after the first season yeah, comes out. I mean, I've not heard anything about continuation of filming or anything. So maybe this success has <laughs> surprised the studio. I don't know. I don't know. Normally you would hear, oh, they filmed like three series in a row, but I've not heard anything at all. That is true, to be honest. That is true. But no, myself, I've been playing a bit more of the Callisto Protocol. I. It, it's a really weird game to be honest like it feels like someone else described it as a 2000 a, a, night, a 13 year old game in 2022 like it's 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 mechanics are very not to what up-to-date systems are and like the dodge mechanic in the game is still fucking frustrates me i'm probably gonna like talk about in a later episode like you know mechanics in video games that mechanics in games that frustrate you i think that's a good topic actually to be honest 
and this is definitely one of them i at the moment i give it like a 6.5 out of 10 to be honest it's not it's not that great in my opinion and there's other comments there's other topics in regards to conversation from the developers i'm i'm not gonna get into that now but yeah it's uh, it's very interesting to be honest um i've also been playing a bit more on marvel's midnight suns i'm enjoying it like you know it's um i'm actually liking the card-based combat mechanics in it like you know XCOM with card-based combat it's very interesting but the dialogue the dialogue is like again someone else described it as like it's an ai program wrote it like it's very wooden and it, it, it doesn't have like i'm not asking for like you know marvel movies like you know robert downey jr style dialogue but you know marvel spider-man you know you know even avengers like the marvel's avengers game though it wasn't great still had decent dialogue and i just think it needed another pass i'm wondering if you know people might mod that in the future outside of that um i think i mentioned last time i watched black adam i i, I think i um uh, we might do a review on that in the future but let's just say i'm very tepid about it and i think that shows in uh the news that's actually been going out at the moment might do a bit of brief news talk before we get into the main topic today so if you guys heard that james gunn might be scrapping the entire snyderverse like wonder woman aquaman superman like click clean house so what would replace it surely dc wouldn't just stop making stuff so basically the idea is that james gunn has come in with someone else peter saffron and they are, they're they're putting a plan to supposedly to david zaslov next week who's in charge of um warner brothers and he's, he's they've got this eight to ten year plan in place that's going to be interconnecting the tv shows and films and video and, and in video games even supposedly from the sounds of it and animation so it's an interesting concept but i'm intrigued because he did peacemaker which is part of you know the snyderverse as it were like, you know, these characters like, have offshot from the Snyderverse, you know, Amanda Waller and everything. How's that going to play into it? And also, didn't Henry Cavill just leave The Witcher to become Superman again? So it's like, hi. Mm. And it's like it's like that Grandpa Simpson gif of him just walking in with his hat and walking back out again. And that would be devastating for him. To be fair, we have had, I'm sure we have had reboots of series where they recast the, the same actors uh well the new uh, suicide squad right that's a good example see that's what i'm hope that is what i'm hoping for to be honest because i i've, I've read a I read some today i don't know if it's like a rumor or something but like the the director of the flash um obviously that's a whole conversation itself um has basically said he might want to create a new superman movie in the style of the old richard donner style movies like more light-hearted more you know more feely you know with the john williams film and everything and that'd be really interesting but i'm i'm half and half about this because again Superman, like the whole conversation, does need to be like you know, hopeful, not dark and everything. But I've liked the actors that they've had because you know I I love Jason Momoa as Aquaman, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. You know, are they going to replace Shazam? Is that, uh, you know Zachary Levi, and that's one of the best things that come out of DC recently. Um, personally, I find uh, re sort of recasting the same actors if you're rebooting a franchise quite soon, very confusing. Um, I failed to understand that Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad were not the same. <laughs> were not sequels. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't, because obviously, like, you know, you had Rick Flagg and Margot Robbie as, um, you know, Harley Quinn, and, you know, you had a few of Ain't Amount of Water in it again. So it, it, it felt like a sort of like a soft reboot sequel type thing. It wasn't like an actual reboot to a degree. It was very strange. I, it was... It was way better. I got, it was good, but I got halfway through the film and was hit by a wave of confusion. <laughs> I, I, I can understand that, to be honest. And I don't know, just um, it, it's going to be very interesting going forward, especially the fact that, like, you know, 
I, I trust James Gunn. I, I genuinely do, because most things that he's ever created have been great. Even to his indie stuff, like, you know, Super and, um, you know, all, all, all the, you know, and um, what was the... Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, he's, he's done a lot of indie projects where he's also recently done the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which was a fun 35, 40-minute thing. It was just really fun, to be honest. I actually want to check that out. That that slightly relates to the topic that we're, we've got in hand, but uh, um, that might be something that I check out because every year I do try and find little Christmas specials to watch. And that one, I was like, I could watch it now, but I might save it. Seems interesting. Well, I think, Chas, that's a nice little segue in what we're going to be talking oh, about today, go. to be honest. Yeah, thank you very much, Chas. So we'll, I think um, it might actually be good to do an episode like if James Gunn comes out and reveals this plan to, you know, Zaslav and it's revealed to the world. I'd actually like to get into an episode of discussing what could happen and how this could actually have ramifications going forward and what they could do. I think that'd be a great topic to do in the future. But yes, people, today we are going, you know, it is the festive season and you get a lot of podcasts talking about their favorite TV shows, favorite video games, favorite, you know, films. We've done that. And you get like, you know, what is the favorite Christmas movie? Obviously, one film always comes up in that regard. And it's the heated debate. I mean, yeah, to be fair, (laughs) we have discussed this. Chaz's favorite Christmas film is Dread now. Again, as we've we've confirmed, he is is in red and black as well. And, you know, so, um, you know, it is festive colors. But no, we're going to be talking about, you know, comfort TV shows and video games and films. Because, you know, sometimes during the Christmas season, you, you like to go back to films and TV shows that you've watched before, you know, no, there's nothing like watching an Indiana Jones movie over Christmas or like, you know, Flight of the Navigator. Like these movies you wouldn't usually watch, but when you see them, you're like, it brings a bit of comfort because you, you kind of need that during the darker times, you know, not I'm, I'm talking like lights, but maybe if you're feeling a bit down, you want a bit something to help you feel comfortable, you know, and all everything in video games as well. You know, sometimes you don't want to play those sprawling 60 hour epics, which I'm not gonna lie, that's always me. Uh, but you know, you might find those games that you just want to like go ingress, you know, maybe a bit of World of Warcraft, you know, just to escape with. And Chaz is definitely approving of that, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't need to be Christmas for me to play well, but yeah. <laughs> but no, today, people, we are going to be talking about comfort TV shows. So basically, the idea is that we're not going to do a top list, we're not going to do a favorite list, we're just going to go through and talk about some of our favorite, like. Or not, you know, some TV shows that we really just enjoy, maybe like rewatching again and again, or also maybe shows that are coming up that we haven't watched yet that we're quite intrigued in actually looking into. Uh, myself, I've got a couple in my list as well that I'm actually looking into. We're, we're not going to go on for too long. We might do like go above five each, but we're not going to be talking about them like you know too much anyway. So I think it's um I think it's time that we get into it. So Fergus, obviously you know it's become a tradition now that I uh, sound off on this, but. Do you reckon it's time to begin to the uh, the main topic? Yes, the time is near, the holidays are close. It is time to spend time talking and watching comfy TV. Let's I thought you were going to make that rhyme for a second, then I'm not no, going to lie to you. It's not like fans. you're going into a sing song, to be honest. <laughs> no, I'll but, try. <laughs> but no, let's uh, let's make it a little bit of an alphabetical today. So, uh, Chas, why don't you take it first, man? Nothing. Uh, oh, which one do I pick? Let's go for this one. Oh no, no, I'll do a quick round of honorable mentions, um, very quickly. Uh, so first one for me uh, is Shit's Creek. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I was off. Uh, I was off after um, uh, a surgery, and so I had a lot of time on my hands, and I was on a lot of painkillers. Uh, so I couldn't do a lot, so I just watched basically the entirety of Shit's Creek. Um, it goes. We may from... be coming back to that in a bit, to be honest. Yeah. I will not talk much, but basically, it goes from quite a it's seemingly unlikable cast of characters, and then 
and incredibly wholesome later on. So uh, yeah, that was good. That comforted me during recovery. Um, next one uh, is Friends. Uh, during COVID, uh, my partner and I basically watched the entirety of it. I think it's just an easy watch type thing. It's not my favorite, but it's just easy to stick on. You can kind of go in whenever you want. Everyone knows the characters. It's an easy watch. It's comforting. It's familiar. Um, so yeah, those are my two uh, honorable mentions. Um, Friends is always Friends is always good to go back to. To be honest, like you know, you've always got you've always got to pivot to the good shows. You know, you know. So I had, so I had to throw that Friends. That's all good. It's all good. Um, people wouldn't probably disagree with that one unless they hate it. Just you know, it's not no one's favorite. Well, it's not a lot of people's favorite, but it's it's easy to watch. Um, so we'll get into my actual list. Although I must admit, this is going to be half slightly obscure British TV shows that Nate's probably not watched, and half. God's sake! You always put me into it like on this. Like I, I've seen an episode of Space now. I've seen one episode of Space. I can confirm that. Like oh, good. Now watch all know. of it. There's like I will. I will. I didn't really realize that that show came out in 1996 as well. I I didn't realize it was that old. Like it is. It's good though. It's real good. Um, but yeah, so half that and half. That's your comfort show, really. So let's start with one of those, uh, and that is Robot Wars. I don't know whenever I talk about Robot Wars, but uh, I grew up with this show. Um, just for a bit of background, it's a robot combat competition that was broadcast on British television from 1998 to 2008. Um, it's, I don't know, it's a bit of a time capsule. It's just really fun, lighthearted robot battling. They're a little bit cheap. They're the it's hosted by craig charles who um is one of the main characters in uh, red dwarf which also love fergus we gonna say something uh i've got a friend who actually entered robot wars i don't think they made it very far uh but they were on tv for like an episode oh that's awesome you'll have to find out what uh what their robot was i've probably heard of it <laughs> but yeah um a couple probably last year i went and rewatched um a whole bunch of it and it's just i don't know it's uh it's a, an old show it's it's familiar to me it's you know it's just confident it's fun so uh that's my well one of mine uh fergus we'd like to go with your next first pick yes no i absolutely agree with robot wars it was always on around winter time and it, yeah no very entertaining uh shards of metal going absolutely everywhere hypno disc and razor with the top yeah, my, my top robots. There. I I did mention, forgot to mention that every now and then a, a ridiculously powerful robot would just come and shred at the other one, and that was always entertaining too. So, yeah, yeah. Power of design. Um, my first very comfy TV show is The Simpsons. I've not really. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, we've got really comfy Christmas episodes like Mr. Plow. I'm assuming everyone has at least vaguely aware. Of the Simpsons, the the Simpsons. I'm joking, I'm joking. I, 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 you could have, you could have missed it somehow. Um, fucking, you, you fucking win there, Chaz. To be honest, that, that was good. To be honest, so well done. <laughs> I mean, I growing up, like it. I didn't watch a lot of it, but I know of it. I, yeah, I was growing up in the nineties. It was impossible to avoid, so it became kind of, um, kind of ubiquitous. Uh, you can watch old episodes at random. I don't think I'm particularly up to date with the new episodes, to be honest. I've tried to catch up as best I can, but I think I'm only as far as series 30, which is saying something. Uh, it's now 34 seasons and 738 episodes. 
So you could literally watch it forever on loop, on shuffle, and not really get bored of it. Um, I said they had to have quite a lot of uh, Christmas and snow themed episodes, Mr. Plow being a famous one. Uh, but they also, uh, Marge managed to end up on Channel 4's alternative Christmas message in 2004, um, after Channel 4 got the rights to um, The Simpsons, uh, which again was just a, happened to be a very memorable year for me, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's a show you can watch infinitely, uh, always be caught off guard because there are so many episodes. Uh, it's familiar, it's the same people that are doing the same sort of things. It's uh, the very definition of a comfy TV show to be watched at Christmas, in my opinion. Nate, what have you got for us? So I'm going to, you know, uh, take a, uh, a page out of Chaz's book here. So I'm going to talk about a few uh, honourable mentions quickly, uh, very briefly. So a few, a couple uh, team shows I really love going back to, uh, shows called White Collar and Leverage or leverage, or however you want to pronounce it. So White Collar is based about a guy who um, is a is a white-collar criminal. He does, like, forgeries and, like, everything. Even- initially, he's been put in prison. He breaks out, tries to go back to his uh, girlfriend. She's left. There's a whole mystery of, like, where she's gone. But then, basically, to keep him out of prison, the FBI has allowed him to work with him in the FBI uh, white-collar department to solve crimes. So there's this whole, you know, underlying story going through the show, you know, where's his girlfriend, what's going on? Uh, it's it's a really great show. It's on Netflix. It had an ending. Um, we actually, you know, might be doing an episode in the future, like shows that ended too soon, what, what we would have done differently. Basically, what happened with this show was they decided to give it six episodes for a final season to wrap it up, which I thought was a really smart decision because it was a really good ending. Uh, I love that show, to be honest. It's uh, Matt Bomer, Tim Decay. It's, um, you know, a really, really good show. Uh, next one I want to talk about briefly uh, is also Leverage. Think uh, modern day Robin Hood. Uh, it's essentially a group of criminals who, uh, who are, you know, there are grifters, thief, uh, hackers, retrieval specialists, like, um, you know, fighters, and also like investigators who work together to solve, um, basically people have something stolen. So they decide to come up with like tricks and things to go up against these really rich people to get the money back or get payback against them. They've got a sequel series now called Redemption on um, Amazon Prime. So you can watch it down freebie. Uh, and it's a, just a really great show. It's a really just a really good show to go back and watch. And I love the whole Robin Hood aspect of it, to be honest. Uh, going uh, next is a show called C. These are this is a show I've not seen yet. Obviously, I, I, I'm only there. It's uh, about um, in the earliest 21st century, everyone loses their sight because of a virus. It stars Jason Momoa um, and uh, Dave Bautista in the, late, the later seasons. Uh, but his cho- I believe his children can actually see after so many centuries. So there's this whole thing going on. It's on Apple TV. Um, it's just um, it's a very intriguing concept, and it only has three seasons, and it's done. Yeah, I actually have heard of this one. Um, it's kind of a little bit on my list, a little lower down, but I definitely do want to check it out because, as you said, it's just one of those shows with a intriguing concept, isn't it? Really? Yeah. No, and like you know, and it's only three seasons long as well. You know, so that that's just really good as well, to be honest. Yeah, that's definitely a benefit for me because you know my attention span. So yeah, might have to bump that up the list a little bit. I mean, Ted Lasso is the same. Ted Lasso is only going to be three seasons, and I thought at first, oh yeah, it's football. I'm not going to like it, but like then it's just it's just a, such a really heartwarming show, and it's only ten episodes a season as well, so it's like really fun. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I highly recommend that. Uh, also, I, I I will forever recommend for all mankind. Um, it's on um it's on Apple TV as well. It's basically what would happen if Russia landed on the moon first. 
and um, it, it takes the concept of how this how the Cold War turned into the space war and how technology advanced much quicker. How in the third season, the landing on the moon in the nineties, like technology is like today's standard of technology are probably a bit further, but in the nineties and how like female and black female astronauts in the sixties are pulled in. It's a very intriguing concept. It works really well. I have to say, from they sound like interesting shows, but from your descriptions, they don't sound like what I would jump to in terms of comfort shows. So, what is it about them that you find comforting or soothing? Or so I think. Um, I think with uh, Ted Lasso, I think because it has such a heartwarming element to it. Like, basically, it's about this guy who comes over from uh, you know America football. He and he's he's leading this football team in um, that's like second first division. It's not. It's not doing well. It, it's and you know he he has this goal inside. He wants to get them up to a good position. The the person in charge of the football club though is trying to sell the thing and sell the uh, team behind his back. So it's this whole competing element to it. Uh, it's actually the woman who uh, the woman who owns the football club is the woman who said shame in Game of Thrones. The shame bell woman, uh, Hannah Wellingham, I believe her name is. That's uh, a very random connection. Yeah, but she she's she's absolutely hilarious in the show. She's brilliant. It's just like it has a really good heartwarming element to it. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is brilliant in it. For all mankind, it's interesting because each season takes place over a decade. So basically, and um, you know uh, Rick Flag in the Suicide Squad films. Uh, in the recent, he he plays the main like uh, military leader in the recent Suicide Squad movies. Uh, you might remember him. He leads the Suicide Squad. Anyway, he plays the main character in the show, and he, you follow pretty much follow his character as the main person throughout the seasons. And I've recently finished watching it, and I don't know. It's just um because I think the third season's finished now. It's just something really nice to just put in the background. Like they're good hour and ten minute episodes as well, so you don't have to watch an ep- you know binge it and everything. But it's just a good nice nice watch a day and like something just completely different to be honest really different uh my final one is a um, mythic quest uh it's it's i think it's just very funny to be honest it's uh it's it's created by a uh, charlie day and rob mckelney from uh it's always sunny in philadelphia it's basically uh about a game development company who created this mmo called raven's um banquet oh sorry called mythic quest um mmorpg and then they're working on a, a sequel called um, expansion pack called Raven's Banquet, but they worked with Ubisoft to develop this game. So actually, like you know, try and make it, it was actually understandable. Uh, it's good cash. Ashley Birch, who plays um, uh, uh, Aloy in Horizon Forbidden West, is a QA tester in it as well, which is quite funny. Danny Puddy, who I'm going to talk about later, uh, who plays Abed in Community, is in it as well. He's the marketing guy, but he's very he's not a very nice person in the show, to be honest. And um, it's just, and they're only like half an hour episodes. It's just really fun, funny shows to watch. It's, and it's different. You don't see shows about game, and game development before. And also, there's a bottle episode set in the 80s about the rise and fall of a games company, which I think is really fun. And uh, yeah, it's just really fun. But those are, those are my honorable mentions. I didn't mean to go on for a, a ramble for that long, but good, uh, good collection. <clears throat> so we might as well just start with the one I was just talking about, really. But Community. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Communities Up, uh, they were one of the shows. It's very interesting because, like a lot of shows, it it had it had its it had its moment where it dipped a bit, then it went better, and then it sort of it sort of flatlined a bit near the end. And um, it's not going to lie, Dan Harmon has said that, like, I believe he has said that when Donald Glover left the show, that the show kind of wasn't the same what it used to be, which I could kind of see. To be, you can feel his missed presence, and obviously, um, Yvette Nicole Brown as well when they left the show. Interestingly, when Chevy Chase wasn't around as much anymore, I was okay with that to be honest. But not because of his, you know, his actions and everything, but because of um, you know, just 
I felt that he was very stilted in the character and his um, portrayal and everything. It's quite a negative character. I know they kind of tried to steer him away from that direction, but it never quite pulled it off, I think, to make like a likable, I don't know, likable and likable character in a way. Yeah, he never really fa- fit, fitted in with the group, I guess, the group mechanic. I mean, I, you know, I like the fact to you know how he did when something was going down really bad. He did really help, like helping Britta out sometimes and Annie and everything. And it, it was just nice to see those like sides of him. But yeah, I just think it's a really, really great show. Excellent intro song as always. But uh, I've got, got, I've got a very close friend of mine. Me and him have basically stolen the uh, Abed hand, Abed um, Troy handshake for ourselves every time we see each other. And I don't know, it's just there's just something about the show where it's only like six seasons long. I didn't even realize the composer is the person who did the Mandalorian and the Black Panther. So that's very interesting. And this is where um, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo for the Avengers came from as well. So it's just like, you know, seeing all these all internet interconnecting webs and obviously Dan Harmon did um, Rick and Morty and, and all these great, this great talent in the show brought such a, a great, great spark to it. And it's just always good. It's always on Netflix. I usually have it on the background at some point, probably not to the degree of another show I'm going to talk about later. But I definitely give it a go because it starts off. It, the start of the show isn't as wild and wacky as it gets into in, after the first season. They they basically introduce like paintball into the season. As soon as that hits, you're like, oh no, this shit's this show's going somewhere else now. To be honest, yeah, no, there are some really standout classic episodes of Community. Um, I think my favorite is where they uh, introduce the prisoners on iPads and they sort of start roaming <laughs> oh, yeah. around on <laughs> when he tries to kill him by pushing him downstairs. <laughs> yeah, even to this day, uh, just great stuff. Really great stuff. Yeah, it's an awesome pick, man. I, it's definitely one of the ones I thought about. Um, it's you know, it obviously it covers a lot of stuff, but it's quite relentlessly positive um, through most of it. And as you said, it has a lot of really cool special episodes as well. So yeah, great pick. Uh, I'll go on to my next one, which is maybe of a similar tone, um, and that is um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, yes. Praise, yeah. praise be. Yeah, so um, it's a show by Tina Fey, who also did 30 Rock, which is not a bad show as well. Um, but yeah, I've watched this a few times just because, again, quite relentlessly positive. The sense of humor is my kind of sense of humor. It's like kind of silly and out there, and I just really enjoy it. Um, and, you know, you don't have to, although it has an overarching story, you don't have to pay too close attention to it. Um, and it's just, it's an easy watch. Um, it's really easy to, to rewatch and, uh, the characters are good. It's just, it's a fun, comforting show for me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I still, I still need to watch the, um, the choose your own, uh, narrative uh, uh, movie as well. I heard that was quite good to be honest. Yeah. I, I want to check that out too, because, um, I enjoyed, well, very different show, but I enjoyed Bandersnatch, you know, the technology that they made, make that work. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what else they've done. And to my knowledge, they never really used that again on netflix uh i mean they have yeah i know i know daniel radcliffe is supposed to be in the uh the unbreakable kim schmidt movie as well which is a very interesting but like i think um this show might come up later but obviously you know ellie uh, kemper she comes from the office that's what i know her from originally that show might be mentioned a bit later but it's really great to see her go it was interesting because like her personality sort of shifted into unbreakable kim schmidt and it's sort of like it's a similar personality degree so it's sort of like easily transitioned over yeah, it is in some ways a more, a quite similar character, but obviously given more of a spotlight. 
And yeah, it. I think it's hard to make such relentlessly positive characters work, but I don't know why she just fits into the show me because the whole thing is quite upbeat. But yeah, I really enjoy it. So yeah, that's uh, my next pick. I mean, uh, you know, she she is unbreakable. You know, that's what it is. You know, and uh, I just love uh, Titus Andromedon. He's just like, oh yeah, he, he's just a uh, fabulous, like absolutely fabulous. Like yeah. he's so good. And his relationship with Mikey is really sweet too. So yeah. Oh, and you also mentioned great. Um, uh opening themes unbreakable has a fantastic oh yeah brilliant brilliant theme and um i love uh john ham in the show as well like i think he's like i i didn't realize how funny he could be in such a weird role in that show but like obviously you know he's the um he's the reverend uh oh god yeah dj slizzard yeah that's uh that's that's something to be honest uh you know (laughs) but yes cool all right well enough from me fergus what is your next pick Next up, we have Mock the Week. Uh, So for those of you who don't know, this is a British comedy panel TV show um, presented by Dara O'Brien. You will have seen him on some various science shows. Um, Starring people like Hugh Dennis, Sandy Parsons, Rory Bremner, Frankie Boyle, etc., um is is again is it's again one of these shows that's kind of always been on while I've been uh growing up so it has been pretty much consistently on air since 2005 uh has actually recently been cancelled um oh, it, I know it'll, it'll no longer be airing uh the official line was that the news has got so silly it has become impossible to satirize uh, so they can't out-comedy the news. If you've followed the news in the past few years, you might understand. <laughs> uh, but very sadly, it is gone probably too soon. Um, similar shows to it, like Have I Got News For You, are still continuing. Um, but um, Mock the Week is no more, which is very sad, because, again, it was a very consistent part of my... I mean, it never... Went, there was a Christmas special, and it kind of... The, the series kind of ended just before Christmas and the new series started just after Christmas. So it was all very, I don't know, I get kind of like comfy holiday vibes from it. Again, it's one of these things that's um, like 250-odd episodes. So, you can, well, you say you can kind of play it on shuffle. I mean, as long as you have an encyclopedic knowledge of the news since 2005, you can. <laughs> but I, I have to say, um, some comfort shows for me um what, not so ones i'm mentioning but comfort shows for me are ones that i can watch when i go home to my parents because they still have yeah. regular tv um so stuff that i can fairly easily watch there um it's kind of like a you know going home and that's that's like a comfort vibe to me and mock the week is always on <laughs> so yeah that that's a good pick for me because of that reason and it's yeah it's it's a good entertaining thing it's consistent you're always going to get a good laugh out of it yeah, same, same. Um, yeah, it's very sad to see it go, but um, had a good run though. Yeah, fair. no, absolutely. It's been on for ages, but yes, I would say watch it. It is no longer there. But um, <laughs> what have you got for us next, Nate? So I'm gonna stay in the comedy realm now. This is a show I've loved for many years now, and the show came out in, like 2006, so it is quite a relatively old comedy show, but I still. I give it a early rewatch this year. It is a show called Psych. Uh, this is a uh, a guy a show about a guy who has an eidetic memory, but uh, and his father is a police officer, but he becomes becomes a slacker, 
Uh, but he's so, you know, attuned to, like, his environment because basically when he was a boy, his father made him, like, learn, um, you know, to detect things to a high degree. He gets in, in the first episode, he basically puts this thing forward where uh, uh, someone gets caught. The problem is, though, is that they think he might be a suspect. So he decides to pretend to be psychic. And it basically goes on from there where basically... When he has visions, he like gets like very animated. Like he does like all these dance sequences. He like he he grabs his friend's bold head, he calls him magic head. Like you know, it, he it's like a really great show. But that's an interesting concept, you know. It's it's fun and everything like to go through. But as the show went on, they started adding serial killers like into the show. Like basically, like you know, uh, Ying and Yang. He's basically this whole like subplot narrative that went into it obviously there's the you know there's the romantic element to the show as well there's obviously the police officer that you know will he won't he find out if he is a psychic or not and uh, he has his best friend in the show uh gus it's basically like you know um about uh sean spencer and gus uh but burton gus guster and uh i love the fact that in the show gus's opening line to any woman he sees is yo you heard about pluto it's messed up right Every time he meets a woman, that's his opening line to her. It's just so funny, to be honest. Um, it's just such a good show. And also, it did so well that basically, um, when, it, when, it, when the show finished in 2014, they decided to do three movies. Like, they, they consistently put movies out. The last movie came out last November. They had Psych, Psych Classy Come Home, and Psych This Is Gus. Obviously, take a piss out. This is us. Uh, I love the show as well because it had a very close knit group of characters, but also one of the characters on the show, um, uh, Carlton Lassiter, played by Timothy Ar- Ar- Armanson, he had a, he had a massive stroke after the show, like a massive stroke, and um, he had this. I remember in an interview he basically used to say that he had this ability to understand lines instantly, like he could remember his, he he could never forget his lines since he had a stroke that went away. He had his stroke one week before filming the first movie. So what they did was they decided we're going to write it into the show that he was ill, you know, into the movie that he was ill. So he had a very small cameo in the first movie. And in the second movie, he gets shot at the beginning and he has a massive stroke after he's shot. So they write into the script that he had a stroke in the movie. So it allows him to be have this entire narrative in the film but it allows it to be a major part of it. And I think that's a really heartwarming thing. The fact that, you know, sometimes, you know, you get these creatives, if someone has a, a medical emergency or stuff like that, they just recast the character or they just don't bring them back. But they decided with the show that to just bring it back. And I just think it's a really, really fun show. It's on, I bought, you know, you could get the seasons on, um, unfortunately it's on Peacock mainly, but you could buy the seasons if you want on um, Google Play. They're always like going, you know, you could get an entire show for like 30 quid sometimes. It's very cheap. Um, it went on for like uh, how many episodes? How many episodes did it have? It had 120 episodes. It wasn't like amazingly long, but you'll see like lots of people who are going to be bigger actors as well in the show. And I just thought it's just a really fun show to go back to. So that's my next pick. Uh, Chaz, let's take it to your next one, man. All right, cool. <laughs> this is the, probably my weirdest pick because not many people would think of this as a comfort show, but it very much is for me. And that is Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Nate's shaking his head. I mean, you you, you called Dread a Christmas movie, so this isn't too far off. There's all burning and everything. I wouldn't watch it with my family at Christmas, um, but I'm thinking of more general comfort shows. And I don't know, 
obviously it's trash TV, um, but for me, there's something really compelling about uh, watching Gordon Ramsay yell at Americans. I also like food shows, so that helps. And it's just, I don't know, it just skirts the line between absurd enough challenges and like ridiculous over the top drama to just be like, yeah, I can stick this on and, and rewatch this episode and, and laugh at the silly Americans. And sorry if you're American and listening. It's, it's, this show's framing, honestly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't watch a lot of trash TV in, or that kind of TV, but that is my, my trash TV. Don't know why. I couldn't exactly say why it's compelling, but it's easy watch. It comforts me. There you go. Don't know what you guys have to say about that one. I mean, I, I obviously, you know, we know Hell's Kitchen because of Gordon Ramsay and like obviously became famous from that. And I've never actually watched the show myself. I've just seen either the mockery that came from it or like, you know, I love the fact that in recent years he's become like, he's become like a bit like um, Simon Cow. He's, 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 he's tamed himself a bit. Like he isn't as like angry, maybe it's because he's older now. He probably can't get angry as much anymore. But um, yeah, I, I, I never watched it myself, but it's a very, of course, trust you guys to make it um, like, you know, add, add the what the hell comment there. Like, Honestly, it's quite funny, man. to be honest. I've watched a lot of it. That's what I was like, I have. I know it's going to be controversial, but I have to include it. I've just, I've watched it so much. Um, also, the thing with Gordon Ramsay, right, is yes, he's known for his yelling, um, but uh, in his British shows, he's not he basically plays it up for the camera in the American shows. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily that he's getting older. I think it's just that it depends on the setting. Um, the other thing is a bit later in the shows when he weeds out the people who are basically shit, um, he becomes a lot more reasonable in his, his critique as well. So that's kind of an interesting element too, because at the end of the day, he is a really good chef and I like stuff about food. So yeah. Well done, then, Nate, for managing to figure out something to say about that pick. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's like, it's interesting because obviously, you know, didn't Jamie Oliver have a show on one point as well? Like, and it's interesting because he he was more like the good person, like, persona and, and Gordon Ramsay was like, fuck this shit, your food is shit. So it's like, you could tell people prefer that kind of TV more at times. So, yeah, I don't know many nice chefs, but, well, TV chefs, but I'm probably wrong about that. Anyway, enough about that weirdness. Let's go on to Fergus. So for my next pick, we have uh, a favourite show of mine, or also about food, uh, actually. Um, Bob's Burgers, um, food in a different sort of way. Animated, anima- uh, animated adult cartoon American show about a family who run a burger joint in America somewhere, and it's just it's there's a lot of uh, interesting antics, and it's it's very much centred around the family. So like. Christmas is a big thing in certain episodes and it's quite wholesome but also a bit crass in places because of some of the adventures that some of the kids get up to um, it, we're now approaching again 250 odd episodes so it's another one of these shows that you can sort of put on shuffle and it you can basically watch any episode at any time at random, it's, it's got a similar sort of vibe to The Simpsons. I don't think it's quite as good as The Simpsons, but it's still if if you're into kind of like small American family drama type stuff, it with comedy and food, it is uh, definitely a must watch. I've actually heard a lot of good things about Bob's Burgers. It's kind of on my list to watch as well because um, I heard it's quite wholesome um, and. 
a lot of American um, adult comedy, animated comedies, I find they're a bit too crass for me. But this one, maybe I think I would like. Yes, no, there is definitely a whole sub branch of uh, American adult animated show that is literally just farts. Uh, this is not one of them. Um, and it, yeah, we've, 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 there's a uh, movie out now. Um, yeah. Didn't they get a, uh, a release in UK cinemas? Or am I uh, yes, yes, I went to see it at the local cinema. Um, there weren't many people in the cinema, but. Um, Sounds like when I went to go watch Teen Titans Go, to be honest. That might just be the cinemas. <laughs> uh, but it's 100% worth watching. Um, the main voice actor is the same guy who does the voice acting for Archer. Um, so there is in Archer a crossover episode where Archer briefly becomes um, Bob from Bob's Burgers because he has amnesia. Ah, uh, I think, I, yes, I've seen that, the Archer episode of that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, brilliant. Um, there's quite a small pool of uh, American adult animated uh, voice actors, which I think is probably a conversation for another day. Um, but you'll recognise quite a lot of the voices from the show because they've appeared in other similar things. Um, anything else you want to know about it? I mean, like animation stuff. So I, I, I don't mind the animation stuff for Bob's Burgers. So I'm getting a little... I don't know, I'm getting a little frustrated with animated TV shows recently in the West. They're becoming to use the same sort of animation stuff for everything. Like, like I, like I, there's a show, there's a couple of shows I do want to watch called Gravity Falls, Infinity Train. Mm. Those shows, I've heard those are really good. Like, yeah. uh, you know, um, I've also heard like, you know, the show Centaur World and Owl House are really good as well. Like, for, especially for LGBTQ representation, Owl House on uh, Disney Plus, which is awesome. Uh, but... Which I just like gotta Google that right way. Uh, but basically, like, you know, it, it's those there's certain animated shows which work out quite well. But it feels that the West is like becoming one animation style, like a very simple animation style. They're just always using that now. Like it's not the Rick and Morty style. But it's more like you know, inside uh, inside job stuff like that. It's all becoming the same animation style. That's why I'm loving. Um, you know, I know Rick and Morty does its own thing so with the narrative, but Bob's Burgers I've heard is quite fun to be honest. Like. You know, I have heard it's quite fun. Yeah, it's considerably more palatable than quite a lot of the other offerings in the adult American animated uh, space. I say there was some crass storylines, so I couldn't watch a certain episode with my parents. My parents don't like it very much, um, but in comparison, it's, it's very nice. Getting a lot of uh, good recommendations, yet again, as I always do when we talk about TV shows. Yeah, try to just like, add that to the ever-growing list, as it were. No, um, it's it's interesting, you know, with these uh, sort of animated TV shows, because I've mentioned the shows before, Kipo and the uh, Age of the Wonder Beast. Like, it's a, it's a great, like, you know, specific show on Netflix about, uh, you know, a girl wakes up in the future, but, you know, there's certain, there's mutate, mutants in the world and mutant people and, you know, hybrids and everything. It's really fun. Uh, and also uh, She-Ra. Like, I... I thought, oh yeah, no, what is Shira? You know, then I watched it and I was like, oh no, this is actually quite good to be honest. Like it's, um, you know, it had its like beginning and end, and um, animation is becoming an interesting field for narrative to be honest recently. Like, and I feel mm. that like you know, Bob's Burgers getting a movie still must show it's the fact that it's got its whole um, still got a massive pull because like, I've heard about the show for years now, I've just never watched it myself. Yeah, no, um, the uh, the Western animated scene is beginning to take off. Like, it, it very much used to be, if you watched anything animated, it was definitely for children, like, 10, 10 15 years ago. Now that's very much not the case. Um, in terms of budgets, I think people are 
it's it's easier to make animated shows in a environment where you can't go outdoors so much. I say it's it was either that they're made for children or it showed on Adult Swim, and it was very much a similar kind yes. of. I mean, yeah. you have Invincible now as a good example. Like Invincible is a great example of like you know Western adult animated content. Like that is some. Yeah, there's definitely fucking 18 rated adult content to be honest but it's, it's not like adult content as in it's crass humor which is no no cool. it's just it's just fucking violent as shit yeah i would like, mind more more content like that not necessarily like ultra violent just more like it's just sounds so stupid but mature i don't know no i do i get that like i do get that to be honest you know, you know a lot of properties are getting that more recently you know i rings of power is a very interesting topic for like it's is narrative-based structures at the moment. I will, that's another conversation for another time in regards to that. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that, to be honest. That's, that's awesome, man. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions... Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, a spy's tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. So my um my next pick is I'm just gonna have to talk about now because uh, Chaz mentioned it earlier. It is it is Shit's Creek. You know it's definitely one of my go-to favorite comfort shows. I I feel it's one of those shows where I can watch at least two three times a year, and it's it it doesn't ever get boring. Like and the fact that like when I first heard of the show, I was like, what the fuck is this show? Shit's Creek? Like come on, this is like some stupid shit. Like it's got I thought it's got the guy from Scary Movie in. Like you know um. It's uh, Chris Elliott uh, rolling shit in the show. Like, you know, I thought it's going to be stupid and everything. And obviously it's got Eugene Levy. He's from America Pie. What what could he do in this? And it, and then when I, I watched the first episodes, I was like, okay, this, this is pretty good. And it got better and better. And then as, as mentioned before, it basically gets, starts off as the character you really don't like. Actually, fair, the dad is probably the most tolerable character in the show at the beginning. Because he he's he, you could tell he's come from a working class background, but he became rich and then that's how it went. But then you come to really love the other characters. And the fact that, like, you know, it was created by, like, watching the show, I first couple of episodes, I was like, why did his son, they made some excellent casting with his son, because his son looks really similar to Eugene Levy. Then I realized, <laughs> oh, shit, no, that's actually his son in real life. And the fact that they both created the show together, which is a great concept. And, you know, it's 80 episodes, um, six seasons on Netflix. You know, it's just so heartwarming. And, like, it's literally pretty much set in this, like, back you know back town back in, in middle of america and everything i think that's part of the reason why it's quite comforting um i mean obviously it's not familiar to us but it probably is quite familiar to a lot of people that sort of setting um because yeah it's, it's like you know they integrate into a, a welcoming community and they do like a, a complete 180 almost um from what they start out as and what the initial expectations are yeah no definitely agree and like you know it's um you you, you have characters such as um patrick who comes in in the late in the third season everything though i love the fact that simply the best like one you know it's a song that's it's a song that's coming to like you know such a such a modern way in recent years and also i love the fact that Catherine o'hara and moira rose is a massive massive icon in the lgbtq community like there's, there's a documentary episode where basically like they'll have moira rose cosplay competitions like who could be the best moira rose and everything and i think that's absolutely brilliant and how 
um you know the, the whole the whole representation of these characters were like how you know david rose's character like he is by you know the predominant you know as the beginning of the show and transition to a lovely yeah exactly bisexual yeah so yeah sorry. oh pan, so he's pansexual yeah. sorry yes he's pansexual and um because they, they do mention bi in the show though i believe correctly i think that's probably why i picked up on it maybe a little bit i think a couple of them are bi but it's it's quite casually mentioned which is a, again a really nice reason for the representation in there they don't make yeah exactly you know it's, yeah, it's not one of those shows because you do get TV shows where they do force representation, and like it, it's very, it's very dominant to be honest. Whereas this show, it's very natural. Like it, it's, it's very nice. I think I'm, I think I've heard to say some shows do force, like try to force that, force it on you basically. It's definitely a fine balance, I'd say. But I don't know. This one's so wholesome in in its representation that it's just like, it's just a really nice couple, and they just happen to be the same gender. That's all. Yeah, and it's it's really it's really lovely to be honest. I love how you know. It, it deals with lovely storylines and the the budding relationship between these two people and it, it has like such a lovely happy ending to the show and it it does really heart it does it is really heartwarming when the show ends to be honest and also you know you gotta love a little bit of lexus and everything like that she is a terrible singer jesus christ uh but it's just it's just such a great show and i don't know definitely watch it people like I believe, um, I believe I was the one that recommended it to you, Chaz. Actually, to be honest. Yeah, you might have done actually. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I just randomly thought, felt like checking it out. I, I think I went in think, expecting a comedy show, and it is funny. We are talking about wholesomeness, but it is a funny show as well. Um, but yeah, I got quite a lot more out of it than I initially expected. Yeah, and you know they're like 20, 20 minute episodes as well, so they're not long at all. You could get you could get through the show in a week, to be honest. So trust me, I've done it. So that you could, yeah, exactly, you get for the show in a week. And I'd I'd love to see a a one off movie to see what happens after the show. To be honest, like where they are now and everything, and because I think they'd be really interesting. Because I won't spoil the ending, but it has a, it has a really really satisfying ending. To be honest, and you don't get that in shows a lot. To be honest, and that's just what makes it a great show to always come back to. Because sometimes you get shows that just end, and sometimes you get shows you know it's going to have a happy ending. So you just like rewatching it. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Great pick, man. Uh, cool. All right. It's my pick again. Uh, let's return slightly more to normality after Hell's Kitchen. Uh, my next pick is Only Fools and Horses. Um, so this is something I watched a lot growing up. Um, I think the reason that this is so comforting to me is it's very familiar. Um, both of my parents and my parents' families are Londoners. Um, so the accents and the locations that they show in the in the show are, are very familiar um, and, you know, the market that they go up i've been to loads of markets like that growing up so yeah it's it's good and uh although it deals with a lot of serious stuff it's also really funny and just you know very classic british show um this is one that i would recommend to watch over christmas i believe they have got several christmas specials um and i believe it's quite often on over christmas as well on regular tv um but yeah uh not much more to say about it it's just it's a classic for me. It's it's comforting. It's nostalgic. Good show. Bill of Dale Boy for Christmas. So oh, yeah. I I have never fully watched the show to be honest. I have watched it like, you know, over Christmas. As you said, you know, it is always on over Christmas. It's, it's one of the staples of like being on a Christmas and and I think the episode of them like selling a certain item for the result and everything was just I okay. thought was, you know, 
that's the episode I remember most from that show. Um, I believe that was the end as well of that show, to be honest. Like, I think that was like the Near sort the of... end. Yeah, but no, it's it's a great thing, and I love the fact that like one of the main actors from the show still realizes today how 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 big he didn't realize how big the show was going to be, you know, to where he is now and everything. And that's that's a great pick, man. To be honest, that's a really great pick. Cheers, man. Yeah, I uh, I've actually been rewatching it a little bit recently. I got myself uh, BritBox, which is maybe a lesser known streaming service, but I've been rewatching some classics. Uh, on Blackadder now. Uh, also went through Porridge. Um, they were also tempted to pick for those, but. Yeah, they're good too. Um, but yeah, I rewatched uh, the episode where they went to Margate, and uh, Margate's like a, for those who don't know, like a seaside um, holiday trip town, and it like had all these old, um, you know, pier rides and things like that. And I'm like looking at that, like, oh, because I used to go on holiday in places like that as well. So yeah, yeah, very definitely um, nostalgic for me. But uh, yeah, that's my next pick. Let's go back to Fergus. So we are back on to the anime. So most comfy anime. Uh Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Um <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Have you heard of this one? No, um, goddamn haven't. Have you not? Oh no. that's a Fergus uh, half <laughs> sheet. I know all about Miss Dragon's uh anime. Yeah, that one. Yep. Yep. Ma- magic yep. magic. Yeah. Uh, Cool. So, uh, right. So this is uh, from Kyoto Animation. Was a manga beforehand. As the manga started in around about 2013, the show started airing around 2017. Um, So this woman who works at, uh, like, as a software uh, developer in Japan. Uh, goes home drunk one day, over misses misses her stop, ends up in the woods, only to find a dragon with a sword through her back. Uh, so she takes the sword out of the dragon, saving the dragon. Uh, the dragon then owes her a life debt and decides to become her maid. Um, a very interesting relationship um, ensues. Um, and over the course of the next two series, they kind of build a family full of humanoid dragons who can sort of transform at will and do magic and stuff. So it's incredibly wholesome. Um, again, Christmas holiday episodes. It's just it's just really about the relationships between the characters and building a family in like unusual circumstances, to say the least. Um, and as a Kyoto Animation's got quite a good uh, reputation for doing quite wholesome animes as well. Um, there's a quite a big gap between the first series and the second series because someone decided to burn down the animation studio over a copyright claim. Uh, so that happened. <laughs> it's quite famous in anime lore. Um, but the show itself is the most wholesome thing imaginable. Um, It'll almost certainly be at the top of your list on Crunchyroll. And if you enjoy slice of life with a bit of magic and fantasy and kind of relationship building and like just more dragons keep turning up and they keep joining the family and it's all like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just really heartwarming. Um, yeah. I love the idea of a wholesome dragon family. I, I've not, I've not <laughs> heard of it, but that, sound, that does sound super chill. Um, also, I, could, I don't think I've ever seen 
uh, a Christmas episode in anime. Is that much of a thing? I'm just going to sound really ignorant. Shonen, Shonen have them, I believe. Shonen, like my yeah. uh, my Hero Academia has uh, Christmas episodes. I know that. No, that does. Sometimes they'll wear a Santa hat, but it Winter Festival and New Year kind of amounts to not amounts to the same thing, but is the place is yeah they do a winter festival um good enough yeah it's fair yeah. to be honest man yeah that's that's cool so uh saying over to my one now uh my next one is uh i'm gonna save the best one for last because uh, i think you know what my last one's gonna be yeah, we're gonna but we're now gonna talk about the old parks and recreation it's a stunning mm. show uh, i think this show is um up there with some of the greatest in my opinion like friends the office like it's just one of the shows that it's, it's just so it's just so good like and also it gave us ron swanson the legendary ron swanson you know yeah no this is an absolutely great show i've literally watched the entire thing at least twice and still regularly watch youtube clip compilations of things like best of ron swanson (laughs) it's truly great this show yeah yeah um it's actually a really good pick i think as well because it, it has got that small time small town like comfort vibe going on um i am surprised you picked it over community though because i don't know i think i like community a little better but to be fair we are talking about comfort shows so yeah maybe i can see why you did that actually because also um with the show it like the cast is i think the cast is stronger in my opinion than community like you know you have um and you also you have cast have gone on to do some amazing things you know you know you have like adam scott you know Star Lord himself started off in the show, which ironically they have a plot narrative within the show about how he went off to London to lose sixty pounds and how did he do it? He basically just stopped drinking beer and that's how he did it. Uh, <laughs> you know, Aubrey Plaza, who's like who's just skyrocketed to where she is now. Um, Rashida Jones, Amy Poehler. Obviously, Amy Poehler was you know brilliant before this show was started, but you know it, it just brought like so many people to the forefront and everything. And I just love how the show like. Again, it starts off. It starts off very small, and it is like The Office. Yeah, it's very. It's you know, cam. You know, talking to the camera style effect show and everything. It's not like you know a standard multicam show. It is a speak to the camera style show, which I, I I really enjoy. And I think also it is like produced, created by Michael Schur as well. So it is created by the Office creators. So it was an obviously a natural hit. And I don't know. It's just something about Ron Swanson that just always gets into my heart. It must. Be, it's that mustache. It's that mustache said earlier as well with uh, Kimmy Schmidt about um, you know relentlessly positive main characters and Leslie Nopes another example of a character that that works in that way as well she's just yeah compelling to watch and fun I think uh, you you do hit the nail she's not just positive but she's she's driven and determined maybe to her detriment sometimes which is hilarious to be honest but also I love the fact that this town is so against her as well she's like you know like the fact that it was classed as the seventh heaviest or the sixth heaviest city in the u.s and how they like talk about like the big like the big burger places and everything they have where like the super size cups or the regular size cups and like you know and how i don't know it's just it's how and how her fight against like the government which i think is just great but also she is a government employee in herself i we haven't mentioned chris pratt I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he, this man has literally gone from a pit to, you know, leading the galaxy. (laughs) That's literally his trajectory. To be be fair, he was in the OC back in the day, like he was on that show back in the day, but this was like, I think for more international audiences, the, uh, you know, the OC is probably more American. I I never watched the OC growing up myself. I watched a bit, but I couldn't tell you who Chris Pratt was. I would say Parks and Rec was definitely the Chris 
Pratt break through to stardom? It was I watched Guys of the Galaxy first, so I became aware. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, that's a... went back and watched Parks and Rec. I was like, oh, it's that guy. I, I I do love the fact though, you know, even after Guardians of the Galaxy came out, he came back and finished the show. It wasn't like you know sometimes actors come and they leave and everything. I love the fact that but again, it, I love the fact in the show they tried to train him up and then he just goes off to London for three months and then he comes back all you know, toned up. And I love that beer joke. I it just it just gets me every time when I see it to be honest. And obviously, Mouse Rat, we gotta love a bit of Mouse Rat and a little bye bye little Sebastian, you know and. All, all these things in the show, and also the best line I think we all need to, you know, for the Christmas period, people, you need to treat yourself. You know, you need to have all these like comments and jokes and everything. And I think it's just like the relationship between the characters, how Nick Offerman's character, Ron Swanson, he's such a, he's a libertarian. He is a libertarian. And basically, he, hate, he hates the government. He'll, he'll always help Nope, even though she's majorly part of the government. I, it's just the, it's just a great connection between these characters. I think that's where it it builds more on um, community, in my opinion, because I feel people like Chevy Chase, like in community, his narrative, his character was very, he had layers to it, but wasn't as deep as some of the characters in this show. Like, you know, even um, Aziz Ansari's character, you know, he um, he basically went through the show initially as the secondary character, but then he went on to this whole business thing and uh, show his smarts. And, you know, I don't know, it's just a, it's just a great show, in my opinion. That's why I had to put it up there. Do you know pro- this probably better than I do? But did it have Christmas specials? It must have had a few, right? Yes, I believe it did. I, I believe it was more a case of like, um, I believe they cropped up in. I don't think it was like a centric part of the show, but I do believe they did have Christmas specific episodes. And uh, that counts. yeah, exactly. And I, I, I just, um, I also love how you know she starts off as this, um, this character. By the end of the show, I won't spoil it for you, but it does. The final season was a bit, when I first watched it, I was a bit like, I don't know what I feel about the final season. But when I rewatched it again, I was like, oh, no, this is really good. And also they do something at the end, which I think is very interesting because I, I don't want to spoil it for people because even though she's a bit old now, um, there's, a, there's a basically uh, Leslie Nope and her, um, her husband, Ben, at the time, they have certain positions in the government now. But you don't know who is who at the end because they, they, it's very, it doesn't tell you who is who at the end. So it's, it doesn't it doesn't spoil it doesn't basically put that aside and yeah yeah I, I agree about the final season uh, of Parks and Rec like I it feels like the characters changed somewhat subtly for them to be able to wrap it up because the trajectory beforehand was kind of an infinite let's just sort of keep going so it felt a little bit off maybe. Yeah, I must admit, I bounced off the last season. Um, I will have to finish it off at some point, just for the sake of completion. But um, yeah, I I really enjoyed pretty much every season, even the first one. People say that's a bit slow, but I like that one. But yeah, just bounced off the last one for some reason. Yeah, no, I definitely. Agree. But that that's my uh, that's my last but uh, one but last pick. So uh, how about you, Chess? All right, I'm going to be slightly cheeky because I've I've impromptu remembered something that I watched a lot of. Um, originally, I was going to talk about Red Dwarf, um, which of I, course you were. Yeah, of, of course, course I was. Yeah, yeah. For the same reasons as a lot of shows I mentioned, it's British. It's something I watched growing up, comforting, etc., etc., etc. But uh, I'm going to actually go for something else, which is Charlie Brooker's Screen Wipe. If you guys know that one, I have. I know Charlie Brooker mm. from Black Mirror, but I've never heard of this at all. Yeah, so this is how I know Charlie Brooker um, before he did uh, Black Mirror, like you said. 
basically it's like a uh it's like a commentary show where it's kind of on the cheap side but it's just charlie brooker using his insight as someone who's worked in tv to make comments on all sorts of types of programs com a lot of common british programs but also some american shows it's just got a good sense of humor it's kind of cynical but i don't know it's just really easy to stick on in the background and watch plus it kind of evolved because it's a bit of an old show now it was around in like 2004 2005 for a few years um and they evolved into um uh what was it called review of the year basically so it turned into one episode a year that he did and he reviewed basically he wrapped up all the current events of the year um right now the form it's in is defter 2020 defter 2021 you might have seen those on netflix um but those come out at the end of the year so they're kind of like christmas specials because you watch them around that time and you wrap up those so yeah that is my slightly uh random last bit yeah fair enough i like charlie brooker i'm not a huge fan of the um uh black mirror but charlie brooker himself he married Connie Huck from um, Blue did. Peter, which really got me. They seem completely different in terms of personalities. <laughs> yeah, they they actually made a, an episode during uh, lockdown where they kind of like they kind of made fun of the fact that they were so restricted. He had like a uh, a cardboard stage and like he would film a lot of it on his phone and like showed his wife trying to take care of the kids and how she was like so mad at him for that and things. Um, but yeah, it it's a bit random that that happened, but it's true. But yeah, I. I know what you mean about Black Mirror. A lot of people say um, that they don't like it, and I totally get that. But yeah, Scream. Yeah. Totally. If different. you can, if you can give me Black Mirror episodes which are wholesome, which is to say that aloud is yeah, exactly. Like, Angie you know, Navarro. Hundred percent. Watch it. Okay, because um, you know, I just um, again, I've been told to watch the Q episode as the first episode of work when I was feeling a bit down was the worst decision ever in my opinion. Like to be to be given that was the worst. Like I've heard, like I know the sixth season comes is coming out soon, and I believe the budget's been amped up in that show. But also, I I am intrigued by the site, you know, the Star Trek parody, um, you know, on Black Mirror. Like that episode, I've heard that's quite good. So I'm about to check those out. And obviously, it's one of those shows where you don't have to watch, you know, the episodes in order as well. They are like you know out of order. But yeah, I might. What's the show called again? I might have to check this out. Uh, Charlie. Well, the original one is Charlie Brooker's Screen Wipe. Basically, it's like commentary on tv and films it's quite interesting and i binged the hell out of it a few years back so i had to sneak that one in there that's awesome man that's awesome yeah, also yeah. i have to say um black mirror has probably the anti-christmas episodes uh i believe it's called white christmas do not watch that on christmas unless you are feeling like being very depressed so basically i will never watch that show yeah except <laughs> andrew napero trust me but yeah that's my last pick sure um so we're back to anime for me um have you heard of a show called laid back camp no i haven't for you, you no. i think i think it's got to a point now have you mm -hmm. heard the show no we have we're just gonna have to create like a this you know, is just really, really big yeah these are really big shows in my world um okay so premise is girl called rin uh high school girl because anime uh, really enjoys camping on her own, uh, really specifically around winter. So it's a show about going out camping around Japan at winter. There's lots of how to make fires, how to avoid bears, and this sort of thing. 
actually, I think you have mentioned this show before because you have before. said how um, the there's a like the main picture is a mountain, if I'm correct. Like one of the main pictures is a mountain, and how like you can actually go to these locations in Japan from the anime yeah. itself. Correct. Yeah. So they it's um, they are all real campsites. Uh, quite often around Mount Fuji um, because Japan loves Mount Fuji. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, it also kind of gives you an awful lot of real life tips about how to survive in the wild during the winter. So uh, how to collect your firewood and this sort of thing, but in a cute sort of way where there are... other people get involved, they kind of start a camping club and then there's various wholesome adventures like they meet a dog and pet it. And yeah. But it's basically winter-based outdoors fun with quite a wholesome vibe. I think there's now even a motion picture. I have to say, like, I'm I'm in Nate's camp. I'm sorry, I'm not much into anime and I've not heard of a lot of these, but the way you describe them... Yeah, you. I get why you would call them comfort shows because they do sound so just chill and like you know nice and cuddly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just the vibe is just very chilled out. Uh, really, like if you want something relaxing to watch whilst it's cold, I do recommend uh, laid back camp. Yeah, so I'm actually looking now. I believe we have actually spoke about this before, and also because you just men- mentioned wintry, obviously it is if you listen to this episode in the future, it's the winter time in the UK right now. But uh, if you listen to this right now, I uh, definitely wrap up warm, and uh, maybe you can watch laid back camp to get some pro tips. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you might not have to worry about the bears so much, but um... oh, she zooms around on a scooter a lot, um, so that's all sort of thing. I feel like the bears would still be quite cuddly though. They'd probably like look quite nice okay. yeah yeah <laughs> no definitely um uh, there's there's a joke there's some of my anger say uh but no <laughs> i'm being wholesome get your mind up the guard <laughs> hey there's no harm in making a joke about that every now and then to be honest oh uh, but no that's that's awesome man so uh going on to my yeah. final pick now okay right so i mentioned community i mentioned parks and rec Obviously, this show hasn't been mentioned. What, what's come on? You, you guys must know my final show now. Come on. Is it Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes, my boy! Yeah. Damn right it is. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. fuck yeah, I got it. Yeah, no, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is my favorite comfort show of all time. I, you know, it's, it's my number one comedy show as well. And on my number one comedies, because I think it's in my household, you will no doubt hear the da-da-da-da-da intro at some point, anytime in the, you know, in the show, like in any time we're watching it, because... I don't know. There was just something about the show where basically it does such a great portrayal of these characters' lives and also, but dealing with some really serious subjects in a really good way, like, you know, the whole, um, you know, black people being stopped in the US episode, like how, how it deals with ramifications, like, is, a, you know, a black police officer being stopped by another police officer and how it deals with that with Terry Crews' character. And then also the he, he Said, She Said episode, like later on in the show. And also when it came to the Black Lives Movement, um, uh, when that happened, how the show was basically already had most of its scripts written. And then they decided, fuck it, we're just going to throw them out and just start again. And it was dealing with COVID and like this movement going on and how they decided that was the final season to wrap up on. And it's very interesting how they did that, to be honest, because again, how, how they even said, how do you, how do you do a cop comedy show with the current situation in the U S at the moment or in the world at the moment? And I'm not going to lie, I think they pulled off quite well, to be honest. I think how they did it, it worked quite well. It was only 10 episodes. Like, I was a bit sad it was only 10 episodes because 
it was, it was, it was you know, I'd, I'd love for them to come back to the show in the future and have like a movie because obviously, you know, they have children at this point and, like, you know, maybe a bit grown up and everything. I'm not going to spoil the end of the show for everyone, but it actually has like a really nice wrap up to the show. And I love or every, every character in the show is amazing. You know, Andy Samberg, I feel that like even though he has come from Saturday Night Live, there are moments in the show where he does have some really serious moments. He, he's a great character. Like, you know, um, he's in that film Palm Springs. Again, really natural, calm. We might talk about that film in the future. But he just has this really great presence in the show and this really comedic timing to him. And there's my favorite episode of the show, I will always keep rewatching. It's called The Box. It's literally him, Andrew Brewer, um, Captain Holt, and, uh, and uh, St- Sterling K. Brown in this interrogation room the entire episode. And it just shows the comedic and uh, the comedic and the acting ability of these three actors within one room of each other. And it's, it's like they call it a very um a contained episode but it is so good and i always go back to it. it's one of the best things as well and also if you if you know brooklyn 99 you know one of the cold openings is you know the backstreet boys cold opening like you know oh my god i totally forgot about that everyone knows the opening from tv like everyone has stuff in the show which just works out extremely well in my opinion um i love the fact that andrew brewer andrew brewer captain holt before the show didn't really know comedy so he was originally running off his script initially and then as time went by, he learned to be more free-flowing with his comedy acting. So, like, you know, how, how that came about. And I just I just love how the show went from, you know, I'd like you to wear your tie to, you know, such a tight, close, tied knit community. I had to try and throw that in there somehow. But And they really care about each other. You know, they really do care about each other. And how I don't, it's just so funny as well. Like, it catches you off guard so many times. And I love that. And also... As a man who loves Die Hard, you know, you know, I, I do have a big appreciation for Jake Peralta. And yeah, that's the reason why it's my number one show. And also Michael Schur, again, part of this show. Like, and I think this is what this is like out of all the shows, this is one of the best in my what well, it is the best in my opinion, to be honest. Yeah, um, I was also considering a good place, which is another show that he did, I believe. Am I right in that? Yes, yeah. Yep. Um so yeah, that guy, uh, yeah, obviously very good um catalog yeah um you know what man uh i thought your last round was your <laughs> last pick and i was thinking to myself that's weird he's not picked uh brooklyn 99 i mean yeah yeah it's like you know it's very interesting because obviously you know it just goes to show the power of the show that because obviously the show was cancelled after five seasons on fox within 24 hours it was picked up by nbc because the you know, lin-manuel miranda mark hamill Guillermo del toro all these people like tweeted out, commented, you know, this show needs to come back. And that just goes to show the power of a show within 24 hours. Another network went NBC went, fuck it. We're taking you. Like, you know, the show did change quite a lot when it switched from Fox to NBC. MSNBC. It, it added more serious narratives to it. They, they, yeah. they, they, they dropped episodes of na- like serious narratives in there. But when it went over to NBC, it did get more, it did get more chunky with it. Narratives to be honest. Mm. Like I do agree with that. And also, I I just love Hitchcock and Scully. Like you mm. know, if you've seen the flashback episode, like you know, um, I'm not oh. gonna lie, I'm I'm more, I'm more of a uh, I'm more of a Scully uh, stand myself, like for young Scully. But um, you know, but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I do see what you mean, but I don't think it ever moves away in tone so much that it's out of character for the show. Um, and yeah, I, I just agree that it deals with a lot of interesting issues. One of the things you didn't mention 
is I said this a lot this episode, but representation is really good. Obviously, you have Holt, um, but uh, I really liked the uh, the the buy episode they did later in the season as well. That was really well done and uh, great to watch. Yeah, I add that you know how uh, in the show it actually has a real like in a lot of TV shows you have like maybe one or two episodes where I'm by then there's a conflict with the family and then it just goes about with that. But in the show it went it, it did carry on for quite a while before you know the mother came back and you know you know, she was accepted and everything. You know, Rosie Diaz was accepted. And how, like, Andrew Burroughs, like, uh, Captain Art became more of a, like, a close-knit character for her. For her. And also, I was going to say, because I literally read the line here, so basically, for its portrayal of LGBTQ representation, um, LGBTQ people, the series won the 2018 GLAAD Media Award for Outstanding Comedy Series. So the GLAAD is the, um, try, I'm just finding up the uh, the acronym now, because I don't, unfortunately, don't know that uh, off by heart. Google's an acronym. Yes. Yeah, so, sorry. Apologies, people. I, I, you know, I'd rather you know be honest about it. But it's the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Yeah. So, um, you know, it won the award for that. And yeah, you are definitely right. It deals with, it really deals with those topics in a really good way. And I love how, um, you know, it, and as as the narratives go by, it becomes quite naturally part of the show. Yeah. Um. And just generally, it's. it's I, I agree. Very. Uh. Very fun show. Another example of a, a, an upbeat character that works really well. It seems to be a bit of a, um, a consistency with our picks with uh, upbeat characters. But I guess that, yeah, you want to see positive characters in comforting shows. But um, yeah, um, I agree. It's it's a great show. It's obviously my kind of comfort is more to do with <laughs> weird <laughs> weird stuff or old British shows, but uh, definitely um, a good pick. Yeah, I love the fact that most of my shows, Michael Schur has been involved to them to some degree, to be honest. But uh, yeah, that's that's my final pick. And so that's uh, my list. Do you guys have any more shows? Or, or I believe we're uh, I believe we're wrapped up now. So uh, yeah, that's um, how, how do we feel? How do we feel about our list? Uh, like um, you know, good recommendations or like you know anything coming up that you might be interested in, or just shows that you might have not put on there yourselves that you might have done in the future. We got some stuff to check out again. You have to send send a list uh, after the episode so I can take a look. Oh yeah, no, we'll definitely do that for each other. To be honest, um, like I, I obviously we, next week we're going to be dealing with uh, comfort video games. No, like, so I believe oh, you know yeah. exactly. You know, movies. I think movies is good to end with because like everyone's going to get together at the end of the year. Video games. If you're very geeky like all of us here at NMI. It's good to have your, you know, your siblings or maybe your parents who are involved in video games. I know, um, you know, Charles, yourself, your family are involved in that as well. But some people, they just prefer movies. So ending on movies works well as well for us. I think Fergus mentioned in a, a, an episode quite a while ago, a nostalgic video game. Oh, yeah. About playing Mario or with your parents or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially Nintendo games. So you'd always get because Nintendo games tend to be more family orientated party games whenever you got a console or a game for Christmas, it would normally ensue in a couple of days of um, playing something Mario orientated. I think Rabbit Rabbids was the latest one that we had uh, a marathon of. Uh, but like Mario Party, my dad still to this day won't stop mentioning uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, absolutely. 
yeah looking no, that's great that topic. sounds fun man yeah it's gonna be great so yeah no uh, obviously we'll be doing movies after that and then uh we'll be wrapping it up with um looking forward to 2020 with our top lists of the year we might stick it to five um it may be very difficult to do five and i already know that myself and Charles have been discussing this but i believe we've already agreed what our number one film of the year is to be honest um we won't we won't spoil it for now it'd be very interesting when we talk about that but uh, yeah, so people, that is uh, the end of the show. So if you've got any questions, queries, or compliments, or if you want to email in or, um, you know, at us with any of your specific favorite comfort shows that you love to watch, email us at nmipodcastoutlook.com. That's nmipodcastoutlook.com. That'll be linked in our uh, socials as well. It'll also be linked on our Spotify and iTunes and everything, so you can click on there. Or if you want to find us on socials, search at nmicast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you go to Linktree, we're on there as well. We're on um, all your little favorite listening platforms. Obviously, um, we're trying to put, make it there for you. Again, next week, we're doing comfort video games. It's going to be very interesting to be honest that one because it's it's different to favorite video games because, like, favorite video games, you, you go back to every now and then. Comfort video games are games you usually go back to more often than favorite video games, which I kind of find, to be honest. So, yeah, that'll be very interesting to do. But uh, I want to thank Chaz and Fergus for joining me again today. Thanks for having me once again. Good to be here. Yes, right. That is it, people. You stay safe. And remember, wrap up one in this cold weather and stay safe out there. And uh, we will see you next time. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.